0: But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Today's podcast is for all my overachievers. And I know many of my listeners are busy moms doing a hundred different things and going in many different directions. And here's the problem with that. Being an overachiever doesn't allow us to give and offer our best selves. Today, my guest is Anna Marie Locke, and she helps people see their potential from a place of more flow and sustainability so that they can ultimately get the success that's defined by what success is to them. Not from all of these external things that we're told. We're told to have the big house, make lots of money, maybe start that foundation, have the cars, the clothes, all of those external things. But does that really result in happiness? Today, Anna and I are going to get into a lot of uncomfortable topics. We're going to talk about this idea of getting clear on things that really light you up. We're going to talk about honoring your seasons, radical self-care, Permission to rest. Oh my God. How dare we talk about resting, right? And this idea of taking action from a place of true alignment, because that is the sweet spot. And then we're also going to talk about uncomfortable topics of trust, because the inner wisdom is within you, and this idea of surrender. It's going to be a kick ass show. And I'm so excited to share it with you, Anna Marie Locke. Let's get started. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. I am your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm super excited. I have Anna Marie Locke on the show today. Welcome.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Um, Anna and I were talking just a little bit before the show, and like always, you know, we kind of went off on a tangent, but what I want to do, I'm so excited to share what Anna does with you guys today, because I think a lot of my listeners are really searching for what's next and really trying to find deep meaning in their life and find purpose. Something that really matters. It's no longer about the, you know superficial uh, surfacey stuff. And so what I'm curious about is that you know, you're now this empowering coach who help people really get into the messy stuff and and find their purpose but you started out with a master's in geography. So obviously you've had an existential crisis here to go from that to this. So tell us what that looked like.
1: Yes, the existential crisis is real. So (laughs) it's so funny. Um, And honestly, this whole process, and I think the whole process of life is just this slow journey of coming home to yourself and figuring out who you really are beyond just, it's like that quote, can you remember who you, were before the world told you who you should be, Mm. I think it's how it goes, but growing up as a kid, I was always super creative, very imaginative, I was a bookworm, Um, I loved writing stories, and painting, and drawing, and all things creative, and um, all things right brain, you know, and at the same time, I was also very good at school, and I was the oldest child of four, so I kind of fell into that stereotype of the responsible one, And um, I never really thought too much about my life path or what I wanted to do when I grew up. I just kind of decided when I was pretty young that, oh, I wanted to be a doctor because that was one of the options and all the career tests that we took in grade school. And my best friend wanted to be a doctor and I was good at science. And no one ever told me or asked me, are you sure that's what you want to do? Or why is that so important to you? You know, everyone is just like, Oh yeah, great. You know, go for it. You can totally do this. And no one ever told me that I couldn't be an artist or be an author or do something in the creative field. I just, I don't know where I got that story in the back of my head. I, I just absorbed it and told myself that I needed to do something legit with my life because I was smart. So I went into college as a pre-med major and Luckily, I ended up at a liberal arts school in Western Illinois, and so in addition to all my science classes, I was taking a lot of classes in all the other disciplines and subjects and giving myself more of a well-rounded education, which I really loved. (laughs) Very quickly realized that pre-med was not the path for me. I was struggling so much in my cellular biology and zoology and all these microscopic level science, hard science classes. And what really lit me up was the bigger picture ecology classes. I took a geography class and I had always assumed that geography was memorizing capitals and countries and where things are. And I'd never given it a second thought. It was, it was more of the blow off science class for people who weren't real, really into science. And I realized that it was so much bigger than that. And specifically, I took a course on the human impact on the environment and just everything lit up with me. And it was one of the first times in my life that I really felt my intuition because i had always been trained to be logical and, you know, the whole left brain, you know, be, do the right thing, do the thing that makes sense, do the pros and cons, um, be realistic. And I realized that I wasn't as passionate about medicine and helping people stay healthy as much as I was about helping the environment and and learning more about these bigger picture changes in our environment. So that's how I went down the geography path. So um, I graduated college in the peak of the Great Recession, and I just kind of assumed I would not be able to find a job. So I decided to go right into grad school and ended up getting a full ride to a geography program at Penn State, which is one of the top geography programs in the country and absolutely loved it. I personally did my research on um, forest fires and historical changes in forest structure over the last 200 years in the Lake Tahoe Basin, so gorgeous part of the country. Basically what happened to the forest after the European Americans went out there and settled and implemented fire suppression and, and told everyone that fires were bad. And as a result, a lot of trees ended up growing, and now the risk of forest fires is even worse because there's more fuel to burn. So I was really passionate about that, Um, really cool. I went into research um, out of grad school, continued to do research in that area on the west coast. Um, But at the same time, in the back of my mind, I was always thinking, you know, this isn't really what lights me up and what I'm really passionate about. I was, I was happy to just, as a people pleaser, I was happy to work for my, for my boss or work for my advisor and just work on their projects. And I loved being outdoors in nature, but I realized that it was more about being in nature that I loved as opposed to measuring trees or knowing the scientific names of all the plants and doing all of the, Crunching the data. Oh my goodness, I hate statistics. Uh, and I knew. Okay, so I was learning so much about myself. Learning that um, I did not want to go into academia because I saw other women, female professors, and you know, it is it is a struggle to raise a family and take care of yourself as well as as have a career, a successful career in academia. It just didn't seem appealing to me. It seemed really stressful. So I declined. The PhD route, I could have easily just slid into the PhD and decided to leave the ivory tower and, um, yeah, and, and make another pivot. So the first pivot was from pre med to environmental science, which felt, it sounds like, oh, that's similar, but to me at the time it felt just really big and crazy, like, oh my gosh, I'm changing my life bad. And then this other crisis when it's like, okay, well, maybe I'm not really into research at all. But what am I doing? And around that same time, I call this my quarter life crisis. I got married to my husband and we moved to Chicago for his job. And at the time I was unemployed. And there are very few environmental jobs here in the city of Chicago, if you're not an engineer. So I struggled to really land and find my footing here. And it was the first time in my life that I felt like a failure because I couldn't find a job and I'd spent my whole life being this hyper achieving success kid and, and just, just everything coming easy to me. And then all of a sudden I was faced with, with a struggle where I felt like no one wanted me, no one was going to hire me. And at the same time, I knew that I was just going through a personal misalignment because I wasn't really, really interested in continuing down the path that I had been on. So I ended up getting a job eventually doing um, going in more of the environmental education track. So I worked in education and it, for a nonprofit here in Chicago. And it was great. It was, again, it was a fulfilling job. I knew that I was making a difference, which was always very important to me. But at the same time, I was feeling burned out. And I hit a wall one winter a few years ago during the big polar vortex winter where we were having horrible, just freezing cold weather. And I, yeah, I just hit a wall and realized I couldn't live this way anymore. I was, I was sacrificing my own well-being and my own joy and happiness just to have a job, you know, and and feel like I was, I was making a difference. But at the same time, I knew that I wasn't, if I wasn't feeling lit up. And so that's when I made another pivot and I found an opportunity to do virtual health and wellness coaching, which I still do, um, and started really diving into the world of personal development and, and wellness and putting our self-care first and making that a priority. Um, and through there, that led me into life coaching as a career because I quickly realized um, you know, I was never completely out of alignment during all these pivots in my life. At the end of the day. I knew I wanted to help people. I knew I wanted to make a difference in the world, and I knew that feeling aligned with my values was very important to me in a job and I ended up falling in love with with helping women figure out their own purpose and find their potential and feel at home in their lives and their bodies and, and And find this deeper sense of joy and self-acceptance. And so yeah, that led me into life coaching and into where I am today.
0: Well, I love that you talk about this idea of sacrificing joy and self-care. I talk a lot about the importance of self-care and we were talking a little bit before the show, about this, I call it the patriarchal system that's so heavy on the left brain. And really, it's like everything has to be figured out. We have to know all the answers. We have to be super high achieving. We have to be super high productive. And I took a very similar path. I was pre med too. Even though I was very much into this woo world, I felt like the logical thing to do was to become a doctor and to go into med school. And it was a highly prestigious, highly achieving thing. Uh, not so much for the status, but like what was expected of me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, who am I to say that I want to go off and and have this creative career and and do something that has a lot more flow and purpose to it. I need to do something that's really hardcore. And I think that, A lot of women, especially, can relate to this where we're kind of bred this idea that we have to, you know, be a round peg and a, or a round uh, object, putting it in a square peg is like this idea of we're kind of forcing against our nature. We're not using our intuition. We are putting others first. We're super overachieving and trying to overcompensate who we are as individuals. And that's what I love about this idea of you helping people to really get into that flow state, because to me, that flow state is so much more sustainable. This super left brain way of living is not sustainable. Everybody hits a wall, everybody gets burnt out, and everybody gets to this point of, I can't do this anymore, or this is not lighting me up. This is not. And I think more women are waking up to this and and allowing themselves to say, it's okay that I feel this way. And it's okay that I want to do this my way, not that way that I've been told. So I'm curious. I feel like this is so important for women who so easily get lost in the details especially in others they lose themselves especially moms they tend to you know drive all their energy and taking care of the family and the kids what are some tactics that you use to help people get from where they are to where they need to be so that there is this flow they create a life that is sustainable And that they are creating a life that does light them up and still, you know, doesn't just give up the household. It's like you guys are on your own. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think the key part there is, is just awareness. Like that's the first step always, right? Is realizing that, oh, hey, maybe my whole life I've been living my life according to what other, what I think other people expect of me or trying to strive to meet other people's expectations. And it's that shift to asking yourself, but what do I want to do? What's important to me? (laughs) How dare you? I know. And I feel like we put so much shame on ourselves when it comes to self-care, when it comes to putting ourselves first as women, because there's so much guilt around that. And the guilt stems from believing this false belief that self-care and making yourself a priority is going to be selfish. And it's going to mean that you are being selfish, that you're not taking care of your family, that you're letting down your kids or your family, that you need to put the needs of other people first at all costs, including your own well-being. And one thing, and I, I have to say, I don't have kids myself yet, so I can't speak as a mother, um, but I am the oldest of four. And so I've seen my mom, you know, give her so much of herself to, to give us an amazing childhood. And Here's the thing, you know, self-care it's not it's not selfish, it's the most selfless thing that you can do because your children and your family and your clients and everyone in the world that depends on you, don't they deserve you to be at your best? Yeah. And aren't you actually letting them down if you are sacrificing your own mental, emotional, physical well-being to put them first? It's not really putting them First, it's not really taking care of them. If you're not taking care of yourself, you're gonna start to feel resentful. You're gonna snap. You're gonna you're gonna be exhausted, and you're gonna create this like bitterness inside of you. Um, Then, and it's not perfect, right? It's like we all we all overextend ourselves because we are passionate about being our best and helping others. But at the same time, it's when you are putting your mental, physical, emotional, spiritual well-being first, even if it's just. Five minutes in the morning to have some quiet time. You know, it doesn't have to be go to yoga for an hour and drink a green juice. And, you know, it doesn't have to be this whole all-consuming thing. It can be just five minutes here and there just to check in with yourself and ask yourself, what do I need right now? Um, Or even the simplest thing is just taking a deep breath. Like, when do we ever allow ourselves to actually take a deep breath and let it out? And literally it takes five seconds and it can shift your whole energy if you're feeling overwhelmed or burned out or frazzled. And it's remembering that when you fill your cup first, you're going to have so much more love to give to others Mm. and they deserve that.
0: So I'm curious of what was it like? you know, to go from this very left brain, you know, and I think that's the biggest problem with kids going right out of high school, straight into college. Mm -hmm. For F's sake, you're 18 years old. Yeah. Who the hell you are. You don't know what you want to be. I changed my major like six times, like, you know? Yeah. And I think that that idea of us really knowing what it is that we want to do, that's what happens is you end up on the, these crazy career paths where you're like, I'm going to this and I'm going to do this. No, that doesn't fit me. And it's like you start to put all the moving parts together and you finally figure it out. Um, but I'm curious, you know, now that you've taken these stepping stones and really pivoted, which I think is important for us to really have a greater understanding of what we do like and what we don't like. And coming to a place of, it's okay that I, you know, kind of uh, taste tested all of these things to get to where I am. I think it makes us more well-rounded. But how has that really fed your soul? How has that gone from being in a place that you thought was maybe lighting you up, but now you're in a place that really does light you up? What's that been like experiencing that from where you were?
1: Yeah, I love that question. I would say overall, it's been an energy shift more than anything. So talking about left brain, right brain, So the right brain is the more creative, the more intuitive. The left brain is more logical and, and reason we have both brains. And I also like to think of it in terms of the masculine versus the feminine energy, um, which it's, it has nothing to do with gender. It's more just like the yin and the yang. So the masculine energy is the yang or the left brain it's this approach that the world runs on that that is glorified of achievement of linear growth of logic of action and reaching your potential and this whole outward work ethic and success mindset and it's great obviously um, but at the same time we neglect our feminine energy and everyone men and males and females have both energies but the feminine energy is the other side of the coin that is the more intuitive creative it is the receptive energy where it's it's not just making it happen but it's sitting back and letting it happen of being okay in uncertainty and not feeling like you have to control everything or be a control freak or micromanage your life and it's this art of surrendering and and learning how to slow down and let go and relax and that has been a journey for me because I was raised to believe that success comes from hard work and if you're not succeeding then you're failing and just you know just reaching this bar Um, And I became my own worst critic, just like many women. It's like, we're great friends and we're great mothers and sisters and daughters. But when it comes to our relationship with ourselves, we're bitches. Like we're our own worst enemy. And we hold ourselves back because we're so self-critical and hard on ourselves. And so for me, it was discovering that I had been living my life according to this overusing my masculine side of, of energy and completely neglecting. My feminine energy, which is more my natural energy, going back to my childhood, the creativity. And so I've slowly learned <clears throat> how to trust myself instead of trying to find all the answers through other experts or through books or through courses or e-courses or programs or gurus, and learning that, you know, everything I need to know about my life is inside of me, and especially as women, we have so much inner wisdom if we just give ourselves the space to receive it and let it out. And I, especially for those of us who are high achieving and high performing, it's like we're, we get addicted to this pursuit of self-improvement because we believe that there's maybe something wrong with us. or We believe that we're not good enough yet. And there's always this gap between where we think we are and where we wanna be. And being in that gap is really painful for those of us who just want to get to the other side already and feel successful. And something I've learned is that life is the gap. You know, it's, we're always in this gap. We're always moving towards something. We're always evolving. We're always going through new seasons of life. Stability is a myth. We, we're, There's never a destination to arrive at. We never arrive. And we we think we crave stability. And we crave, oh, I just want to know what I'm doing. and feel successful, but we are the ones that have to decide what that means to us, and so for me, it's been, I feel like it's this radical act of learning how to slow down and move at my own pace and realize that there's no race, there's no deadline, there's no finish line, um, and, and allow my life to unfold just as much as I'm showing up and being an active participant in it, and so learning how to have that balance between your your masculine and your feminine energies or your left brain and your right brain is learning how to work from a place of rest and learning how to really lean into your feminine energy of, of creativity and intuition and trust and then take action from a place of alignment, from a place of, okay, I'm taking action because this is what is truly important to me instead of taking action because we're trying to prove ourselves or because we're trying to fix ourselves or, or hide from our deeper insecurities and feelings. And so making this shift and it takes a lot of, not a lot of work in the traditional sense, but a lot of time and a lot of space and a lot of self-compassion to really do what I call the soul work or the soul care, which is a step deeper than the self-care and it's not just taking care of your body and exercising and meditating but it's it's the messy dirty work of going inward and asking yourself what am i afraid of what's holding me back really and what's going to happen if i do what i really want to do and giving ourselves permission to explore and dream a little bigger and And heal the emotional wounds or the insecurities and the fears that have been holding us hostage are probably our entire lives. And it's, it's, yeah, it's the process of life. It's just giving ourselves more grace. And so for me personally, I feel like I've gone from this really anxious, tense, kind of like, not hyperactive, but hyperachieving workaholic to someone who is okay to chill, um, who's okay to watch Netflix for an afternoon instead of working if my energy is just not there. And something else that has been really powerful is learning menstrual cycle awareness, which is to learn where you're at in terms of um, if you have a cycle, it's it's where you're at in your cycle because our energy is constantly cycling in this cyclic pattern and the world operates on a linear framework. And that is not, it's like the square peg or the round peg, square hole, whatever (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, and I really want to create a world where it's not just a patriarchal society, but it's, but it's not the opposite either. It's, it's like a world in harmony where the, the strengths and talents of women are respected just as much as this linear paradigm, paradigm of traditional success and hustle and achievement, because it's all good and it's all important. Um, and it's, it's cool to really slow down enough to get to know what we really want in life and how we want to feel.
0: Yeah. Wow. I hope that, you know, the audience is really listening because I, there are so many incredibly great nuggets of information that you just said. in that answer, I mean, there were so many things that were pinging in my mind. I was just like, yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, this idea of taking action from a place of alignment. Yes. I mean, so many of us push, 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 push. And it's like, we're all trying to get to the destination, but we have no idea what that looks like. We don't even know what the hell we are striving for, but we're pushing for it anyways. Um, and it's incredibly hard and it's efforting. And it's like, it. it's We're exerting so much more unnecessary energy because we, you know, it's like we're just blindly doing something for the sake of doing something because we're told we need to do something. And I love this idea of the answers are within you. Yes. I mean, so many, you know, I see this a lot in my practice of feng shui. We can help people with their environments and really get a a greater understanding of what's showing up in their life because of their, their environment and their floor plan. But at the same time, it's like, you know, just really trusting your inner wisdom and knowing that the answers are within you. You have to be still enough to get those answers. <laughs> you know, we're in like this constant flux of motion and action and moving and pushing that it's like the, the divine source is pinging us like, no, 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 you should go that way. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> such a soft whisper. It's like, we're like, ah, we can't hear anything. So I love this idea of really trusting that inner wisdom and surrender. Oh my God. Like if that doesn't make your butt pucker, right? We're like, we can't possibly do that. Like that means we're giving up. That means we've, you know, placed our white flag. When in actuality, you know, it's, we have gotten so heavy on that masculine energy and we need to invite, like you said, lean into this idea of what the feminine energy can really provide us and the beauty that it can bring to us because it softens everything. Mm-hmm. It, it brings this element of that intuition, the inner knowing. It brings us answers that we probably wouldn't have come up with because we were too much in the analytical and the logical mind. So, I and this was one of the things that I loved about your message you know, this idea of creating success without the hustle. I love this because um, my husband always watches Gary Vaynerchuk. And Mm. I love some of the nuggets that Gary does. But this idea of I'm going to hustle harder than you and you need to hustle. And if you really want it, then you've got to hustle. And it's like, it's this banging your head against the wall to keep up because you're not going to be as good as me if you don't work this hard. And I hate that because I think that there are a lot of kids that are going to see that and they're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be productive and I'm not going to make a lot of money and I'm not going to get this lifestyle that I want if I don't work that hard. So can you expand on this theory around success doesn't necessarily need to have this massive hustle because you really do deserve a life that you want? And I don't think you can achieve it without fully knowing what the hell you do want. And you're not going to know that if you're not still. So tell us your theory around success without the hustle.
1: Yes. Okay. So first of all, hustle is not evil. And I think it's easy to vilify. Oh, the hustle. No, hustle is not necessarily bad. And yeah, Gary Vee, I don't resonate personally with him. Um, I've heard him speak in, in person in real life at a conference. and He's intense. He's like a very special person. He's like a unicorn person. And I think his teachings can be dangerous when we try and normalize them. Because for him, I feel like the hustle and working and being a workaholic, that is an alignment for him. Like Mm -hmm. that is what lights him up. But for us normal people, especially women, that's not going to be sustainable and we're going to burn out really fast.
0: Yeah. And
1: so... Uh, When it comes to success, you know, there's the world's, this traditional definition of success, which means making a lot of money, making a big impact, measuring it by the numbers, by the stats, by growth. And I think it's important to get clear on what does success mean to you? Not just in business and in career and in the financial side of your life, but in all facets of your life. And this is the work I do. I take a holistic approach to your relationships, your health and wellness, your, um, your environment, your career, your fulfillment. You know, if you're looking at every single aspect of your life, you might be making millions of dollars, but if you're getting zero sleep and your relationships are going down the drain because you're <laughs> spending all your time on working, is it really worth it? Probably not. So I think the first step is just taking a second to ask yourself, all right, what is my personal definition of success without any judgments, without any you know, input from anyone else? If I, at the end of my life, if I'm on my deathbed, if I'm looking back on my life and asking myself, what did I do to be successful? Friend, if you're feeling like, yes, I lived a full successful life, you know, what would that mean to you? And then giving yourself permission to claim that and own that because no one else has to understand, you know, like for my mom, Success to her meant being a stay-at-home mom, and that was her life, and she did a really great job at it. For me, I feel like that's probably not my path, but at the same time, I can't say that she wasted her life just because she was a stay-at-home mom. Like, no, that's an amazing career. Um, But at the same time, it's going to be so unique and individual to us, and it's probably going to change and evolve as our lives change and evolve. So get clear what success means to you. And then figure out what your priorities are in life, especially your top three priorities. So is it your family? Is it your health? Is it your business? Is it your relationship? Um, Is it your faith? What is your priority? And you can even look then at how you're spending your time currently. So look at your calendar, your planner, and look at where your time is going, Is your time being spent on your priorities, or are you just wasting your time on things that don't really matter at the end of the day? And I think that's the fastest way to really lock yourself into alignment with what really matters to you. And it's important to set goals that revolve around how you want to feel, not just what you want to achieve. And for me, this has been a change because I've always loved goal setting. I've always loved it. Achieving goals, setting goals, making action plans, reverse engineering, being all the strategic side of things is really fun. But it's gonna feel empty and it's gonna burn you out if it's not connected back to your priorities, back to your values, and back to your personal definition of success. And so when we can motivate ourselves based on what's important to us intrinsically, instead of trying to chase these extrinsic, you know ladders and climb the ladder, then that's what's going to make your life more fulfilling. So for example, I used to set goals based on income, like how much income do I want to make in my business this year? How many, how many clients do I want to have, you know, to reach that income? And that really burned me out because then I just felt like I was hustling and I was making connections and posting on social media for the end goal of getting clients to make money. And that felt yucky to me and because I have a heart-centered business. So I've been shifting more towards you know, who do I wanna help? How many people do I want to help transform their lives? And focusing back on the work I do is to inspire and empower and uplift other people and also take care of myself and, and share because I'm passionate. And so when I'm coming from this place, then the income doesn't matter and the numbers don't matter because if you have your own business, you are gonna make money if you are coming from a place of alignment and you're sharing what you're passionate about and, and doing it in a way that you know is going to help people and meet a need. And yes, you do have to be strategic. Yes, you do have to you know, know the, the fundamentals of, of what you need to do, but at the end of the day, it's less about achieving for the sake of achievement and more about living from a place of purpose and Enjoy and feeling like your work matters because it feels good to you, not just because it's it's making a difference or because it's helping you grow. Um, and then also that's that's in terms of the the goal setting. Then the flip side is the rest. You need rest. You know, we can't just work, work, work. There's nothing in nature that grows, 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 grows without stopping. You know, even in the tropics, the trees have the rainy season and the dry season and, and and everything's
0: not always in bloom.
1: Yeah, everything's not always blooming that takes so much energy. Um, And so I think a big part of, of, of achieving success without hustle and finding more alignment and flow is letting yourself flow, ebb and flow. And, you know, again, I've been really practicing this menstrual cycle awareness, because even in one month, you know, we have, we have a couple weeks of higher energy, and we have a couple weeks of inward energy. But in your life too, in the seasons, you can take it the seasons of the year, you can take it the seasons of your business, of, of the school year if you have kids, um, but there's, there's going to be phases of work, of hustle, of putting yourself out there in the world and just really being excited to share what you're doing. And then there's also going to be seasons where you need to take a break and you need to back off and need to rest and pour that energy back into yourself. And it might not look productive on the outside, but you're still being productive on the inside, right? And productivity doesn't just have to be creating things and achieving things. It can be internal as well. And, and I, so think I think
0: that people need to hear that. I really do. I think that we are so ingrained to think that productivity looks like movement. It looks like action. It looks like we are doing something. And Um, My team and I struggle with this a lot because like if we rest, you know, you had mentioned earlier taking an afternoon to watch Netflix, I will sit down and I will feel guilty because I'm, you know, watching something and I'm thinking I have so much to do. Yeah. And so what happens is, is that I will turn on a one hour show and I get up and I, you know, I'll pause it, go do something, come back, pause it, go do something. It will literally take me six hours to watch a one hour show because it's like, I can't sit still. But with that being said, I love this idea of honoring the seasons and honoring this idea of rest because what we've really realized is that like, we hate goals we are so not like, (laughs) we have a huge, you know, uh, we are very uh, goal adverse. We don't like it. Um, But prior to um, being more in this flow state, we were really goal oriented. And we discovered that when we got into that place, it was really icky. It felt um, really not where we wanted to go. and, And it didn't feel good to our higher purpose and when we got more into this flow state of how can we serve how can we really give back because that's our purpose um, and how can we really transform people's lives and make them feel really good about their environments and and make them feel good that you know it's not in their head it's in their floor plan when we really got to that and that elevated us I mean we get these amazing emails all the time from clients telling us about these, just unreasonable results that they get. Like we cannot explain it. That lights us up. We get so freaking excited about what we're doing and we wanna do more of it. So we know that as we are lit up and excited about what we're doing, we're attracting more of those people and then they're lit up and then it just becomes like this cycle of um, just really connecting with that alignment. And once we got there and we're really feeding ourselves and helping the people around us, we didn't care about the numbers. We didn't care about what was going on because we realized for 15 years, we were doing it that other way and it wasn't working. So when we got to this place, it was like, Oh, this, this is what we're supposed to be doing. This is how we should be doing it. Um, And I want to also mention you're talking about, Um, really honoring your monthly cycle. I want to mention um, podcast number 33, which I recorded with Ezzie Spencer. Um, She's got a PhD. uh, She's a super smarty pants. Um, But she just wrote a book called Lunar Abundance. And she talks about getting into this flow state based on the lunar cycles and your feminine cycles. Uh, love it. It's a great book. It really, and what is great is that she really teaches in her book how to get into a flow state uh, and honor the energy that's going on around you based on the moon cycles. So I would highly recommend that to anybody who's listening. I'm curious, Anna, to leave the guests with something tangible if they are, really caught up in this left brain way of thinking and doing and i am thinking of one client in particular who's trying to get out of her job um is unhappy in it um because it's a very linear logical way of working and it's like do 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 and, and and push 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 what is something that somebody can do today to start shifting their way of thinking and start being proactive and getting into this more flow state um, and start making some pretty big changes in their life?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So for me and a lot of my clients, one of the most powerful things, powerful practices I've started doing is journaling. And this is, I think, the easiest and fastest way to tap into your intuition and get out of your head. is to, you can take as much or as little time as you have, um, but I recommend first thing in the morning or right before you go to bed, because those are the quiet times when your brain is just usually kind of spinning. But put your pen to paper and just do some stream of consciousness. I call it brain dumping. Um, I learned this from Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way, which is a (laughs) 12-week creative recovery program. But she calls it the morning pages. And the concept is, you just brain dump just all the crap and siphon off all the crap and the chatter that's in your head. After a couple pages or after 10 minutes or so, you're gonna get all the crap off and you're gonna start to tap into what's deeper, what's really going on, what's on your heart. And so, for me, especially if you're feeling overwhelmed or scatterbrained or just completely frazzled or, or stressed, if you can just take a few minutes, just write it out that physical, tangible process of putting pen to paper, it's gonna help you connect back in with yourself, and you'll end up tapping into some really deep insights that you didn't even realize were there underneath all of the go, go, go energy. So journaling, I would definitely recommend trying as a tool. And you do not have to, I do have to note, because I know we're all perfectionists, and you're going to be thinking like, oh, I'm bad at journaling, or oh, this is not the kind of journal you're going to pass down to your children. This is not anything you're going to reread, this is not documenting your life. This is just, you can rip it up and throw it away afterwards. You know, this is just the process of siphoning off the crap so you can tap into. You literally, yeah, you (laughs) just took the words out of my mouth.
0: I was like, okay, what does this look like? So just give us a quick example. Like, um, I sit down tonight and I'm like, you know, had some really great podcasts today. Didn't like this, got this stupid email. Like, are you just kind of like regurgitating what's going on?
1: Yeah, you just start writing what's on your mind. You can start off with, I don't know what I'm gonna write. I feel really stupid right now, but this woman on a podcast told me to do this. And so, and then just just see where it goes and just so literally writing.
0: whatever hits your mind. That's yeah, what just keep write. writing,
1: yeah. Um, and if, if you like prompts, a couple prompts and questions I like to answer are, How do I feel today? And what do I need right now? So those are two really good questions to help you dig a little deeper too.
0: Great. Well, I hope everybody who's listening today will take Anna's advice and do this. I, have, You are actually the third person to tell me to do this. So, <laughs> <Fine>. <laughs> um, so But I've heard a lot of really uh, great results from brain dumping as far as getting it off your, your mind and, and kind of shedding off that top layer to get to the underneath, which is the good stuff. Mm -hmm. uh so i would encourage all of you to do it i just want to ask you a actually i have two fun questions for you that are just rapid fires uh what is your favorite book
1: oh such a hard question um one book i think the book i've read the most is the alchemist by paulo coelho it's really good i read it in in um, high school i think and that is a good one okay how does one win A best hair contest because
0: I need to know this information.
1: Um, Well, I was voted best hair in high school, so I guess it's just be born with red curly hair. Damn it!
0: Well, I'm not winning that contest. (laughs) Well, Anna, I want to thank you for coming on today. This was such a rad conversation. Um, I love having these high vibe conversations about You know, getting into flow, finding sustainable ways to approach life and find better ways to live that really light us up, make us feel good, fill up our cup um, without guilt, you know, without, you know, feeling guilty about it. If people are interested in learning more about you, would like to work with you, where can they find you and, and how can they stalk you?
1: So you can stalk me on social media and the internet at my website, which is on or on Instagram, same handle and Facebook, same handle. But my website is the main hub where you can sign up for some downloadable workbooks and juicy freebies and yeah. And stalk all my blog posts.
0: Awesome. And yeah, you've got some really great blog posts. So I would encourage everybody to maybe start there because there's some really good, um, nuggets of information in there. Um, I wanna thank you for saying yes to doing this uh, interview with me. It was so great talking with you. I also wanna mention to y'all who are listening, um, we will have show notes, so if for whatever reason you can't spell Anna Marie Locke or whatever your issues are, you can go over to our website, Um, to podcast number 44 and uh, just type that into the search bar and that will come up with the show notes and there will be um, her website links in there and then additional things that we've talked about today. You can go there and get all the information you need quickly if you don't want to re-listen to this. Thank you again for coming on this. I appreciate it. Thank you, Amanda. I really, really think that Stephan Covey Had it right when he said, We are not human beings on a spiritual journey. We are spiritual beings on a human journey. I hope that after listening to this podcast today, you will take from it this idea of leaning into who you are and leaning into the acceptance that it's all about the journey, it's not about that destination. This idea of surrender, trust, try to overcome the fear. I don't know about you, but sometimes that makes my butt pucker. Seriously, it makes us so uncomfortable, especially as women, to hear these things because it means that we have to stop doing and just be. And that is scary. But I hope, I hope that these nuggets of wisdom that Anna and I talked about today will inspire you to hey, maybe take an afternoon to just watch Netflix. I'm giving you that permission. I'm writing your prescription now to just take an afternoon off. Spend some time with your kids, maybe go for a hike, whatever that looks like for you. And get clear about what success looks like for you. All right, everyone, I hope that you have enjoyed this podcast today I'm your host Amanda Gates if you like the channel be sure to subscribe if you'd like more information you can head on over to gatesinteriordesign.com to learn more you can also check out our YouTube channel I'm starting to put a lot of these interviews up live um, or the video portion I should say uh we recorded them live. Then you can head on over to the YouTube channel to watch them. If that's something that you're interested in, just go to YouTube, type in Amanda Gates and our channel will pop up. If you would like to reach out to us and send us a really rad email because we love them, you can find us at let's chat at All right everyone, trust the vibe because the energy never lies.